0: Think about people's uh, wrinkles, and I I think it's beautiful, and that pe- every part of you know your body tells a story. And I think about people who are a hundred and their feet, and how their feet have carried them, and where they've taken them, and their hands, and all that they've seen. And-
1: Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I talk with fascinating, talented, and inspiring guests who reflect on the adventures and challenges of aging, and who are living their lives with vibrance and purpose. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist, writer, and fellow Zestful Ager. I want to invite you to my brand new free webinar, Zestful Aging, Here's How You Do It. You can sign up at NicoleChristina.com. And as always, I appreciate your feedback. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Carrie Hannon, super expert on entrepreneurship, careers, and finance for folks middle age and beyond. Next week, I'm going to be speaking with John Graham. John has been a global leader for the past five decades. Well, I have my Jack Russell Terrier Sparky right beside me and my coffee in my hand. So let's begin. Today, we're joined by professional photographer Anastasia Pottinger. In her first book, 100, What Time Creates, Anastasia uses light, shadow, talent, experience, and her intuitive perspective to capture the strength, endurance, and uncommon and often overlooked inherent beauty exclusive to women and men who have lived 100 years or more. Pottinger burst onto the national and international scene when her black and white portrait series of centenarians went viral and was featured on thousands of websites and in publications around the globe, including CNN and Bored Panda. The series continued to grow and soon became the book 100,
0: What Time Creates. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. That sounds pretty exciting, doesn't it? Yeah, it really
1: (laughs) does. And I know a little bit about your history after reading your very amusing and uh, just lovely web website.
0: Uh, but toggle, oh, for my commercial and, uh, photography business? Yeah, and like, yeah. you know,
1: how you started out in actually child care and exactly. really being interested in child development. So how do we now end up at having this really lovely, powerful book on centenarians. How did this come about? I know
0: it's an interesting uh, segue, right? Although, you know, in the beginning of my career, I was really known as this infant uh, baby photographer. And I like to do abstract, up-close images of just, you know, their uh, different body parts and little bits and pieces. And so this isn't, you know, when you think about it, such a far stretch, from that, because it's up close, abstract images of bodies, um, just on the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And the way that it got started, a lot of people are interested in knowing how did I come up with this, and it was all by accident, really. Um, so much of this whole project has been um, luck uh, combined with determination, I think, and and staying the course mm-hmm. and patience um but my mom worked with a woman miss lucy hall who was 101 years old at the time she was her personal assistant she was helping her get ready for a massage and noticed just how beautiful the folds of skin were on her back and her body and uh i believe my mom had just heard me talk at an artist um an art talk about my career and um was inspired somehow by that to ask Miss Lucy if she'd ever considered modeling nude. And uh, Lucy said, well, uh, no, but (laughs) (laughs) why not? (laughs) And uh, she was just really uh, an adventuresome spirit. When she was just out of college, she and some of her girlfriends traveled across the country, you know, without an escort, just in their car, in a car. Wow. um, yeah just to see the united states and um so that's the type of person she was she was really adventuresome and and outgoing um outspoken and so she came in and it was really just you know i i had started recently working with a mentor uh in photography and said well what do you what do you think what should i do and she's like just stay present and you know um, do your thing. <laughs> so, I don't know. And, uh, it was just an exercise in kind of like what you read there, light and texture and light reflecting off a of skin and shadow. And I knew I wanted to hear her stories. And I knew from my mom that if we got Lucy talking, you know, we just keep going forever. And so that's what we did. I think we were both nervous. Um, I wasn't expecting it to turn into any sort of project or, um, big thing. It was really just, you know, something to do in the winter when the studio is not real busy. And, uh, she started, you know, in a bathrobe and, uh, like a really fancy kind of fuzzy one, I remember. And I had props, you know, coffee cups and things for her to hold just because I was, I was so, (laughs) I was kind of just nervous about the whole thing. And, uh, she was great. And she just started telling stories. She sat with her eyes closed and, uh, just told me stories, uh, after many stories and I just kept photographing her and she would do mm-hmm. anything I asked her to do, you know, stand or move here, hold your hand like this or hold your head this way. And it's funny when I look back on the, those images, um, I recently looked through all of the ones that didn't, you know, make the cut, um and uh, was reminded that she was doing all these uh, showing me showing off all of her exercises that she did to stay you know young and healthy and keep from falling and so she was doing all these back stretches and arms behind her head and different things like that but so when you were
1: when you were taking pictures when you were there did you have a sense that wow i think there's something special going on here
0: I don't think so at the time that I was photographing her because I really, when I'm working, I'm really in the moment and I'm really present with what I'm doing and pretty caught up in that uh, moment. And um, it was afterwards when I was looking through the images uh, on my computer screen that I knew, I mean, I I really did have tears, you know, kind of leaking out of my eyes. It was really beautiful. Some of the images really just um, took my breath away. (laughs) Um, and so I ran to, I, uh, my office, uh, my studio is in a group of, um, of studios where there's, well, there's like 20 different studios with artists working in them. And so I ran over to my neighbors and I said, look, 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 you have to see these images. Oh. And so we were all really, you know, excited and, um, and, and I knew I hadn't seen anything like it out in the photography world yet. So I, I thought, well, this is. This is something special. And,
1: uh, and, I'm, and I'm guessing, uh, not being a, a photographer, but just appreciating photography, that this would not have the same kind of impact had it been in color.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, I think because it's i mean I'm really drawn to black and white. most of the work that I show uh in the fine art world is is uh black and white um just because that's what I'm really drawn to um but yeah i don't I don't think it would be the same mm-hmm. it's it's i think it's more emotionally impactful in black and white mm-hmm.
1: mm. And so after Lucy, you saw these, you were brought to tears, you showed your friends, and then what happened next?
0: And then I started entering them at that time I was really interested in entering many many national and international competitions. I was just doing that a lot that time and so I was entering I entered the uh, a couple of the images and in several different competitions and and picked up you know prizes across the country and um, and that was really exciting and uh, and great and one of the one of the, um, I'm trying to remember now, one, one of the competitions was in New York, and I won a portfolio review. And I, I believe I had, I'm trying to remember if I had photographed uh, one, another centenarian yet at the time. I think I had photographed one other um, person which was my a friend of mine from high school her grandfather and she had uh, seen the first images of Lucy and said hey you know my grandpa just turned 100 do you want to photograph him and mm-hmm. so I said sure and and uh, So I had these two uh, models, but then when I won this portfolio review, I thought, well, I've got to quickly find a couple more people because I don't think this is enough for a portfolio. (laughs) So I ran around and found a couple more, photographed them, and... Uh, how does
1: one do that how does one find a centenarian
0: (laughs) one you know at that time it was interestingly enough it was a little harder uh this last round I found a bunch really fast but uh, at that point I you know I think I just used Facebook and um uh email lists and asked people to, you know, on my website to, if they saw the images, if they, um, you know, knew anybody over the age of 100 that they could recommend Lucy, uh, and my mom, you know, uh, cornered a, one of the guys from the retirement home where she lived. And so, <laughs> so I photographed him and the, the fourth one came from a, uh, a friend of a friend
1: mm-hmm. who heard about it.
0: So, i see
1: so how does looking at a 100 year old body affect the way you may think about your own body
0: i think i uh appreciate i don't know i haven't been asked that i don't think i appreciate my body more um and i feel like i've uh i you know i think about people's uh wrinkles and i think you know, those, I think it's beautiful and that people, you know, I hate the phrase you've earned them, but, you know, to some degree that's, that's true. And every, every part of, you know, your body tells a story. And I think about people's who are a hundred and their feet and how their feet have carried them and where they've taken them and their hands and all that they've seen and, and done. Um, but I haven't, I don't know that I've incorporated it too terribly much into what I think about, I don't know, myself or my own body. I, you know, I don't know. I'm almost 50 and I'm trying to not care too much about the wrinkles on my face, but Mm. we'll see. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Mm. So you've obviously received a lot of praise and recognition from the book. Are you now known as the photographer of aging bodies is that now your reputation
0: i don't know (laughs) i'm not (laughs) sure have i reached enough people to be known as that i suppose yeah when i meet people um certainly in my hometown here where i live in missouri i'm you know people say oh yeah you're the one who's doing the the old people or if i meet um a new person sometimes even just, you know, a doctor or somebody and they, you know, they, I might say I'm a photographer and then they might go, wait, wait a minute, your name sounds familiar. Oh. And I say, well oh, yeah, you've probably seen this. Um, and they don't realize, you know, that it's me or, um, I would love to be known as the person who, you know, photographs centenarians or aging bodies. Mm.
1: what's it been like for you to get this level of recognition
0: well it's it's pretty exciting i'll have to say uh you know seeing it um when it went viral which was about four years ago i believe um four or five and that was just a crazy sensation i'm not sure if you've ever had a, an experience like that but it's totally out of your control and it just you know is like uh the story about a grain of rice where you know one multiply it by you know one and then you multiply it by. it just keeps growing and growing mm, and growing exponentially and yeah exponentially and pretty soon you have no idea and it's you know been all over the globe and really the only way to track it um it was, just, it was hard to keep track of, honestly. But I, mm-hmm. I'll periodically get a whole bunch of hits on my um, Facebook page about the project and I'll from Brazil or somewhere. And I'll know, well, the, a story must have run about it uh, in Brazil. Um, but as many people who know about it, you know, there's a bazillion people who still don't. So there's still room mm-hmm. to grow. Mm-hmm.
1: And are you, um, at this point... Uh, Trying to get more people to look at it? How do you, How are you promoting it at this point?
0: Yeah, so the publisher that I use is a really small press, and we don't have a ton of money to promote or, you know, go on a book tour or anything. So we're getting the word out by a lot of – there's a lot of um, – Oh, different uh, people who've written stories across the globe, again, about it. My Modern Met, different people like yourself interviewing. Um, and hopefully we will I'll be able to travel. I, I promised everybody that I photographed in San Diego that I would come back with the book. So I'll be heading out there um, this spring mm. and hopefully get some more... Um, you know, speaking engagements. I love when I'm asked to speak to an audience, um, in either the education field, the art field, um, Mm -hmm. social work, anybody who works with people who are aging. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had some opportunities to speak to some groups and, and I really love, you know, having that, that opportunity. I'm no expert on aging, but I do have this sort of interesting, unique experience. Mhm. Have you
1: had to endure questions that you felt were ageist or disrespectful towards people who are older?
0: Um you know, I've, probably more than anything I've read comments that might be disrespectful, I recently had an interesting conversation with an older gentleman at my studio who came by and was looking at the book and looking at some of the images I have up, and he said, you know, the one that was really took off and got the project going is one is the one that's titled what time creates and i don't know if you have the book in front of you but it's an image of a woman it's her just her torso her breasts on her stomach and it's, it looks like it could be a blanket but it's her stomach and um and you may not know you're like is that are those tree roots is it you know sand dunes and then you look closely and you realize oh no it's a woman's body and he thought it was um he really wouldn't give up the thought that he thought I was being disrespectful and that it was, um, sort of gawking or uh, he thought that I was too personal, and and I really couldn't convince him otherwise that you know most people who see the images have a reaction uh that's emotional in um you know a touching way or a way like that reminds them of their their parents or their grandparents or you know, somebody that they've known or that they loved, you know, sitting with their grandpa and just feeling his hands and, you know, playing with his skin and things like that. Um, but I haven't had too many people to my face, you know, talk about that feeling like it was disrespectful or, or anything. And, and my goal was absolutely not to be, you know, of a, I didn't want it to be a voyeuristic feeling Mm -hmm. Uh, i feel like it's very much a fine art uh feeling when you look at the images versus Mm -hmm. oh this is just my opportunity to have a look at some you know (laughs) nude centenarians (laughs) and most Mm -hmm. of them weren't nude you know there was only really one who got completely nude uh, and then others that you know were more or less nude some that weren't nude at all just have all their clothes on
1: What was the reaction of your models when they saw these photos?
0: Well, I think, so Lucy really loved them. And really, in the very beginning, she said she just didn't want to be identifiable. Mm -hmm. And that lasted for about 10 minutes after (laughs) she saw the photos and the reaction. And she loved it. She loved talking to people about it. And um and then the other, the other models, you know, so I always sit down and show them images before we take pictures and we talk for a while. And some of them have thought, well, you know, it's not my thing, but okay, you know, I'll participate because I think, you know, it's important to not um, stigmatize uh, older people and to not, you know, why are we afraid to look at, you know, to look at this. Um, and it's very real and, and they're very you know, gracious and, and, you know, many of them thanked me and said that was, you know, it was a good experience and that they were really happy that I was doing this.
1: Mm -hmm. Did you have any models that had a negative uh, view of themselves when they saw the photos?
0: No, I don't think uh I, not that I can recall that anybody said, "Ugh, that's horrible." Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> most of them. You know, like myself, when I, you know, look maybe at uh, in the mirror, you think, "Oh, that's not, you know, that's not what I look like." You see yourself, you know, as who you are in your head, and so some, you know, people were, "Oh, wait, that's not really me, is it?" But nobody, you know, broke down in tears and said, <laughs> "What?" Well, don't do right. this. Why have you published this horrible I thing? I see. I see. Yeah, there wasn't any of that. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you have any plans for your next project?
0: Ah. Um, I have, you know, a few ideas that are floating around in my head, but haven't, you know, I haven't taken the time to get busy on them yet uh one is one another one that i started about the same time as i started this one but then set it aside uh was photographing my son who's on the autism spectrum and has a host of other mental health uh, issues and when he was younger i photographed him a lot when he got older and was able to tell me to back off i sort of stopped and uh, just recently we had a conversation about it, and I said, do you want to work with me and, you know, collaborate on something? And he said he was very excited about that and said, yeah, he would, he'd love to do that. So we may start talking about, you know, what can we do together? Um, How so old is your son? He's 14.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what do you imagine for this project? I
0: yeah, I don't know because I I really want to get his ideas. I need to I haven't shown him all of the work that I had, um, you know, already of him, and I want to show him that. And then he thinks so much differently than I do that I'd like to get his input on what he thinks we should do, you know, for the next part of the of the series. I'm not I'm not sure.
1: Mm-hmm. I want to leave it
0: really open. Um, another project that I started working on was, um, looking at, uh, all the iPhone images that I have in my phone, all the, you know, photos I've taken with my phone. And I started curating those, um, and I put them in a, in a show I was in recently. I mean, a section of them, but I'm thinking more along the lines of doing, uh, some really large prints of, of, you know, many many hundreds of them all together it really shows uh, when you look to them as a large group it's a very telling story of the important things and the mundane things in my life um, and I think it's really interesting and fascinating mm-hmm. how what what is
1: your opinion of the quality of the iPhone camera
0: I think it's great. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's in some ways better than the very first digital camera that I used in some commercial work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, I don't have the best newest iPhone. Mm-hmm. I I keep saying I should be allowed to get it because I think I could pay for it by selling images. Yeah. Uh, but so far I haven't, you know, I haven't pulled the trigger on that one, but, um, But I've sold plenty of images that I've shot with my iPhone, so.
1: I'm always impressed by the photos that come off of that phone. I have to tell you the clarity, and I just found it to be almost magical.
0: Well, it has way more megapixels than my very first camera, like I said, Uh and my first uh, digital single lens reflex camera. um, I think had six point one megapixels, and I shot, and in fact, I shot some of the, the first. I believe the first two of my models were shot with that old, uh, DSLR. And so now I wouldn't go out and shoot, um, models, uh, photograph models with my iPhone, but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't use it to probably photograph my clients, but Mm. (laughs) it is the camera that I have in my, on my possession at all Mm -hmm. times. And that's sometimes the best camera to have. That's what I heard. Yeah. It's good quality. If you know what you're doing, Uh, you know, when you're using it. Don't zoom in. Uh, That's a terrible thing to do. And, uh, and, uh, you know, good light makes a difference. Don't Don't zoom in
1: because it's better to put it through an editing program to enlarge.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a digital zoom, so it's just going to make it all chunky and uh, Mm -hmm. pixelated. I see. Good yeah, advice. There's my tip for the day. Thank you. Yes,
1: good <laughs> advice. That's exactly what I always do.
0: So I won't do that anymore. Stop it. Okay. Stop okay. <laughs> so, you know, we're,
1: we, um, our audience is is sort of middle age, post middle age, and many of them are in this interesting time of life when they're saying, I wanna try something new. Things have really changed for me. My kids are launching, or they launched, or they launched and they're back, but right. things are really different. And I wanna do something with my you know, last third of life. I wanna use my creative energy Do you have any advice for them about where to start?
0: Well, you know, this is a very interesting question, and I'll tell your audience that we did not talk about this ahead of time. But like I said, I just turned 48, um, so I'm staring down 50. Mm -hmm. And um, I started taking voice lessons this last week um Hmm. i'm taking a tango class next week oh my boy did i (laughs) hit the jackpot i (laughs) I know i started uh i started i learned to knit uh, in the last several months and i started um taking some poetry writing classes and i'm doing an acting class next month so i've kind of exploded I think part of it is. I guess is, so. Yeah, I look out world. I think it's part of it is I put this book to bed. I f- I've had this project has been nine years in the making, oh.
1: and I finally
0: got it done. And I feel like there are you know the the winter here has been horrible in Missouri this year, and <clears throat> I have. Um, it's always a little slower in the photography world through the winter, mm-hmm. and I've got some time, and I just thought, I hey, there's some things I want to do, so, um, and one night, I uh, lost my mind and messaged a friend who does voice lessons, and, yep, I had my first voice lesson last week. Wow. It was terrifying, ah. <laughs> but... It was kind of like oh, I said it was kinda of like goodness. doing drugs because it was so terrifying and then very exhilarating. So uh, I so highly recommend it.
1: A terrifying and exhilarating. That's the formula we're we're looking yeah, for. Yeah. That's,
0: that's but, it. And then that's, that's the I, magic you know, formula. <laughs> look for your community art leagues. Um, you know, there's gotta okay. be the art organizations in town mm. that I know I'm on the board of our Columbia Art League and we have um of classes from beginners through advanced where people mm-hmm. can come and take you know just finding some form of expression and you don't have to be good at it but just doing it can be really rejuvenating and exciting and I feel more engaged with my body and the world and the community around me when I do stuff like that
1: so had you always wanted to sing and it just was sort of uh, dormant and then now you have time is that or did it just kind of occur to you
0: <laughs> I think I'm a terrible singer, although so she said I, I could hold a pitch and that was good. and I wasn't as horrible as I thought I was. but um I uh, no, I hadn't always wanted to sing. <laughs> Like, it's not always been a dream of mine. I would like to be able to sing confidently, I guess. There are Mm -hmm. other things, like, I've always felt like, oh, I'd love to be able to act and do some community theater. So, um, you know, now that I've I've launched one and I have one who doesn't need us so much anymore. So, um, yeah, as the kids get older, you're able to definitely do more of those things. And I've always wanted to feel comfortable dancing, so... You know, we have these tango lessons coming up. Wow, you are. <laughs> but, you know, I love
1: the way you talk about it like, oh, so I'm going to do this. I mean, you put it out there that, look, this is really scary. I'm, I'm taking a, a, a chance here. I'm, I'm being courageous. And I think many people may have a misconception that if you're doing it, it must be easy for you.
0: Oh, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it took like five or ten minutes of me going, oh, my gosh, oh, my God, I can't do, (laughs) you know, standing. I had to turn around and not face my, you know, instructor, and she's a friend of mine. I just couldn't, I couldn't Ah. bring myself to do the first, you know, notes of singing along, and oh, it was horrible, but How did you
1: finally get yourself to sign up? Was there a
0: particular thing that pushed you? I don't remember. I saw something, um... I I must have seen something she said on Facebook because I know I messaged her right away and I knew that at some point she had you know we had talked about doing photos uh, for her or her band or her business and I just sent her a message and I said hey do you want to barter for voice lessons and uh, that was the easy part she well she said you're you know come next week and I said what, to take your picture or to talk about the martyr or what? Mm-hmm. And she said, no, just start singing because you'll change your mind. And she's like, I know you're good for it. We'll, we'll figure out the money later. But um, uh-huh. no, but it took like at least five minutes of hemming and hawing at the beginning of the lesson, mm-hmm. you know, before I... It's like jumping into cold water. Just uh-huh. got to go for it. Yeah, I, I, I really...
1: I really appreciate that perspective because when I talk to my clients about, okay, well, what would you like to, to try? They say nothing because I'm, you know, I'm 50 it's years so old. It's so scary. I don't, I, I have no mastery of this. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want people to look at my art and say, you know, that's horrible. Right? Uh, there's so much self-consciousness.
0: Yeah. And I think just obviously I sort of, Something snapped and I've gone, I've gone crazy trying everything. But it's really been fun. So I'm imagining.
1: I'm imagining too that if you have a teenager on the spectrum, you know, there's got to be some time for you to just do something that's pleasurable and has nothing to do with caretaking and thinking through needs and all of that stuff.
0: Yeah, it's really nice to be able to have a break and just mm-hmm. go do something that's unrelated to work or, fun, you know, anything, really. And it's not anything I'm trying to, you know, accomplish anything. I'm just, you know, out there doing it. And it's been fun. Mm.
1: So where can people find your, your
0: work and where can they look at this book? Yeah, so the book you can purchase on Mm Amazon.com or uh, BarnesandNoble.com or go to your independent bookseller and ask them to carry it. It's Um,
1: 100, What Time Creates.
0: Exactly. And then um, the other – you can see my work – Sadly, I don't have a ton of it on my on my Rogue Studios page, but mm-hmm. I do have a website for my commercial job, which is mm. rogue, R-O-G-U-E, studios, plural, dot photo. Okay. And then on Facebook, if you search for 100 What Time Creates. Okay. Uh, you can follow the progress of the book there. Um, there's two pages that have the same title, and one of them... Also has my name, Anastasia Pottinger, in it. Uh, that's me. And then the other one is my publisher's page. So either I of those. See. Mine probably has more information and stuff on it. Okay.
1: One last thing, because I was so charmed by this. I went Uh-oh.
0: on <laughs> I went <laughs> on your
1: website and you said, I don't ask my subjects to say cheese. Yeah. Could you tell our audience what you asked them to say?
0: Oh. <laughs> Nothing. I don't want you to say anything. If I have to try and get a kid to say something, I'll probably start talking about poop or something uh-huh. Uh-huh. just to get them to laugh. But I hate it when people say cheese or when you teach your small children to say cheese. Um, then that's what they do. That's what they think you're supposed to do in front of a camera. I think that I have a harder time now with all the, you know, all the iPhones in their faces. Um, kids just are so sort of, they have a, 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 standard response to the camera now. So I really try and get people in a more relaxed, um, uh, not posed and not, uh, contrived situations. Mm-hmm. Although some of those pictures on the website are extra con- contrived, I would say that's the other end of the spectrum. If you think about the image of the, uh, young man, with his tuba in his mm-hmm. tuxedo, riding mm-hmm. his bicycle
1: barefoot. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. That's great. And there was a, a, a young girl with her hair all fanned out on yeah. the, yeah, that was beautiful as well. Thank you. Yeah, and um, so do, is there anything you do that's virtual or I guess if that would be kind of tough. I mean, if they really want your work, they would buy the book. Or follow you um, in the yeah. studios. Yeah, I mean
0: on the on the. Um, I do have prints for sale, so mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. are available through either contact me through my uh, website mm-hmm. or through the Facebook page, um, and those are for sale.
1: Okay, great. Well, thanks so much for taking time to be with me today. I love your description of the luck and the determination coming together and creating this just magical piece of work. It really is touching. And I would encourage our listeners to go out and take a look at 100 What Time Creates. Thank you so much for having
0: me. I really appreciate you asking.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. Next week, I'm going to be speaking with John Graham. John has been a global leader for the past five decades. He was NATO's top secret nuclear planning group member and a foreign policy advisor at the US Congress for Senator John Glenn. He talks to me about his passion project, Giraffe Heroes International, where he highlights all kinds of heroes of all ages who are working for the common good. I hope you'll join us. And please consider becoming a patron of the show. You will get access to exclusive bonuses and you will be part of the Zestful Aging community. Keep us going strong. Go to patreon.com slash Zestful Aging. See you next time for another episode of Zestful Aging.